boy, this is a fucking banger. Ladies and gentlemen, cats, snakes, dogs, chicken, elderly people, workers, and twerkers. Damn. Funny talk. I don't give a fuck. It's the ruckus. What the fuck you expect? I body slapped my wife, my nigga, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ruckus Podcast in combination of 102.9 Tape Deck. This is your boy, Cuban Mike, and today I am doing something special for y'all. I have an artist here, Cuban artist. He brought, he's one of the top rap lyricists out of Cuba. He bring awareness to the community. He tried to tell y'all what's going on, everything regarding politics, um, the political depression that's going on there. And you know everything about me, like anti-racism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm gonna give it to you in English and Spanish. Um, first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to my other guest here I got tonight, um, Marlene. I want to thank her for making this possible. Um, she's gonna help me um, translate with this artist. So you're gonna hear a lot of back and forth English, Spanish, Spanglish. But if you know, you know, if you know me, you know how we do here. So, damas y caballeros, bienvenidos al podcast. Ruckus in combination with 102.9 Tape Deck. I'm your boy, Cuban Mike, y hoy tengo una entrevista mortal. Él es uno de los mejores raperos en la música urbana cubana. Los mensajes que él trae es muy poderoso, con mucha conciencia del rap, y él habla muchas cosas de política, um, cosas de, la, de, de racista, y etc., etc. Y le va a gustar este, esta entrevista. Um, ladies and gentlemen, acá, Caudel. <coughs> Escaudrón. ¿Cómo estás, brother? Todo bien. Dios mediante. Todo bien? bien. Gracias a ti, a tu familia y a tu audiencia, brother, por la invitación. Sí. Y no, no. Y um, gracias por aceptar mi invitación. Gracias. Gracias. Marlene, sweetie, are you ready? <laughs> yes. Ready if your guys are ready. <laughs> All right. Thank you for so... inviting me here, so. No, thank you. You're the reason why this is all happening. You're like the mysterious. I told you, it's going to be like Inspector Gadget. You're going to be the person with the voice. We don't see what you look like. It's mysterious. I love it. I love it. I'll come out another time. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> About hair day. No. Hey, look. I, I I mean, I don't get it because I don't have any hair, but for women, I know that's a struggle to y'all. Es un día para que... Raudel entiende bastante cosas, pero para mejor. Pero es un día malo de lluvia aquí y está el ambiente muy húmedo. In Miami. Mm. All right. So, can can you ask him? Can I get a brief introduction on himself and his come up living in Cuba? Okay. Um, Raudel, hola, buenas noches. Y um, buenas. dice Michael que si puedes hacer una breve um, presentación, no, introducción de de ti y de lo que tú hacías en Cuba. Okay. Eh... Mi nombre es Raudel, Raudel Coyazo, eh, soy cubano, soy hijo de educadores, de maestros, eh, me dedico al, a hacer música hip hop, hip hop cubano, soy psicólogo de profesión porque en realidad fue lo que estudié hasta que me dediqué completamente a, a la música. He's saying, um, my name is, good, good evening, my name is Raudel Coyazo, um, and I'm, I basically, he's a hip-hop artist, 
and he's been doing that in Cuba. He is a, a psychologist, you know, by, by studies. He has his degrees in psychology. Eso es más o menos, ¿no? ¿Algo más? Ok. Eh, decía que me dedico al, actualmente a la música hip hop, a hacer música hip hop. Eh, mi experiencia en la música hip hop nace al calor de la realidad y de la experiencia de vivir en Cuba. Okay. No so soy... he's saying, he dedicates himself, you know, his profession is hip hop. Um, and basically the theme of, of it is about, you know, the reality in Cuba of how his music is. Una experiencia, o sea, esta experiencia de Cuba. This experience fuerte, of Cuba. Mm -hmm. Tan fuerte, tan, tan complicada, tan dura y tan triste para los cubanos. It's a very strong and uh, tough, um, you know, experience or reality for Cubans. Mm -hmm. Y la vivencia, esa experiencia me acercó a la música hip-hop. Mm -hmm. And having uh, experienced that um, in Cuba, um, that hard reality, um, got me to um, experience and to go into hip hop, to the music. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. You see, Marlene? You got the gist? You got, you got this, Marlene? You got me? You're going to get nervous. I got you're... it. Yeah. It's just like the long, long, long sentences are maybe better than the short ones. <laughs> Let me, all right, at, at what age he started to rap? What age he started to rap? ¿A qué hora empezaste a, a hacer rap, Raudel? Bueno, yo comienzo por el año 2003. Yo I began poco, around 2003. Un poco antes de, de comenzar ya a, a ser un MC, a empezar a cantar y a transmitir los mensajes de equipo, yo primero era público, yo iba... Mm -hmm. a disfrutar de ese fenómeno que era el rap en Cuba un he poco antes that, he says that before he was um, before he got into the hip hop movement which was you know he says around 2003 but a little bit before that he already started um, going into that movement so he would visit places you know that, that had that hip hop um, audience okay he started you know getting into it alright and who were his um, hip hop influence as he was coming up? Okay. Eh, primero, la experiencia que casi todos los que vivimos este lado del hemisferio tenemos es el, el hip hop en, en USA y el hip hop mm -hmm. en los Estados Unidos. So eh, he's saying that the you know, in reference to who are the people that, you know, basically have influenced or that they have as a reference in the Cuban hip hop are the um, hip hop artists here in the USA, you know, in USA. Y cuáles son los artistas hip hop americanos que te influyeron para hacer hip hop? Bueno. Which eh, artists influenced you to do hip hop? Nosotros comenzamos, en Cuba se comienza eh, a escuchar la, las bandas, las bandas que por los años 80, eh, años finales de los 80, principios de los 90, fundamentalmente la década de los 90 estaban por acá, 
Pero habían bandas muy puntuales que influenciaron al movimiento de rock cubano. Run DNC. Okay, one can can one second, Raúl. Okay, so he's saying that basically the bands, you know, of the '90s that you know that influenced them. There were several of them, but um. Si me puedes repetir otra vez, Raúl, Que una de las de, tuvieron bandas muy muy puntuales que influ, influenciaron al a, a lo que fue el movimiento de rock cubano en algún momento. Yeah, there que were fue, many bands that were very influential to what was the Cuban rap at, okay. at one time. And he's naming Run them DMC, now. Run DMC. Public Enemy. Mm. Okay. Eh, esos fueron bandas que, que, que nosotros empezamos a oír. Y que la propuesta, de alguna manera, la comienzan a asumir, no yo, que soy de otra generación de rap, sino los primeros eh, raperos on the ground dentro de la isla. Okay. Los primeros raperos omni. No underground. Oh, underground. Yeah. yeah. He said um he's saying that um that basically, you know, the the ones that started doing first that rap were others like uh, before him, before him and some of the other ones um that were doing underground rap. Okay? Después vino también toda aquella época de de lo de los notorios PG de los Tupa, Tupa y toda aquella generación. De, de los 90, de los 90. De los 90. Later on, some of the artists, after those that he named previously, later on came, you know, the Tupac and um, el otro que nombrados, nombrados. No, uh, no, eh, Notorious Big. Notorious Big. Oh, yeah, Biggie, Big yeah. Biggie Small. Biggie Small, como decíamos. Biggie Small, sí. Yes, Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. Um, de hecho, de hecho, sí. Mike, imagínate tú que los primeros raperos, o sea, los raperos cubanos de la década de los 90 usaban para cantar sus canciones los beats, los instrumentales de esa agrupación. Sí. He's saying, um, actually, um, the, the first rappers of those times use the beats um, to record some of their music to those old songs from those artists. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to here. Um, back in the days when people didn't have, uh, um, you can tell them it's back in the days when they didn't have like beat machines and stuff like that. Like certain albums would have like the instrumental version and they'll rap over the instrumental version and and they'll rap over that and make their own version of their songs. So that's 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 cool. Mm -hmm. that, sí, que básicamente cool. él dice que es como aquí, um, en los Estados Unidos, que, que algunos de los artistas antes, lo que no tenían... Um, esos beats, no? no, they didn't have the beats. You said right? Yeah, la máquina, la máquina de pasar la música, the beat machine, the beat machine. They didn't have the, no, tenían la máquina de hacer la música y entonces ellos usaban algunos de esos también. Eso fue la misma cosa. Sí. Y a, y a veces usaban los 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 cassettes y um, se olían los DJ. Ahí, ahí los cassettes, los cassettes. Los, los, los cassettes va moviendo el cassette va a darle vuelta sí. para adelante y para atrás por una y por la otra. ¿eh? Sí, so Mike yes, says yes. Um, they would use the cassettes and then Raudel was saying that yes, they would use the cassettes and flip them from one side to the other and all that. Yes. My other question is this. Um, 
were there other um at least Cuban hip hop artists before you that you saw that as inspiration when you started rap before you started rapping? I mean, I know he had the American influence, but were there any Cuban artists before him that he saw that he was inspired to like also be a rapper himself? And if so, can I get like a couple of artists' names? Okay. Um, ¿Tuviste alguna influencia de algunos raperos cubanos antes que tú y el grupo tuyo um, que tú que usaste como referencia o te influenciaron en alguna forma para tu sí, música? Sí. sí, aparte de la influencia del, del hip hop americano, también por, la, por ejemplo yo tuve influencia de algunos artistas locales, algunos artistas cubanos, que eran bandas, fundamentalmente una banda que a mí me impresionó mucho la primera vez que la vi que se llamaba Grandes Ligas, que ellos después tuvieron un, un proyecto que se llamaba EPGMB, pero okay, so Grandes Ligas. He's saying that before that, um, yes, that there were some local um, bands in Cuba, you know, local ones that uh, influenced him too, um, that uh, he admired those. And there was a band called, um, ¿cómo se llamaba otra vez la banda? BNG, no. Grandes Ligas, pero, which is the Great Leagues, you know. Um, yes. And later on, they had another project called EPENG somewhere. <laughs> okay. Now he got it. He got it. I got it. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, with Cuba, you know, it's very, um, it's very surprising when people actually try to take some activism. So, you know, with hip hop, you know, we actually spoke about this, you know, they talk about partying, violence, et cetera, et cetera. What made Valdez take like the activist route mm -hmm. when he started becoming a rapper? Mm -hmm. Si sí, él dice que como en Cuba, hay, eh, que hay veces difícil hacer el activismo con rap o en música, que entonces como en otros, eh, en otras partes, ¿no? Me, creo que te refieres aquí a, a los Estados Unidos, ¿no? Um, también mm. de que eh, usan eh, cosas diarias ¿no? de lo que está pasando ¿no? aquí y eso, pero entonces ¿qué fue lo que a ti te, te hizo hacer como esta música de rap o qué es lo que, ¿no? De, ahorita, de, de activista. Ahorita te decía Mike que yo nací mi música aquí pues, nació al calor de las experiencias y la realidad cubana that his uh, his hip hop music began uh, with his experience, with the tough experience that he was facing, you know, that he was experiencing in Cuba with that dictatorship that exists in Cuba. My Cuba is a dictator. Cuba is a dictatorship. Y el arte de resistencia cuando vive en un sistema dictatorial es muy interesante, muy atrevido, muy peligroso. The art of resistance when you live in such a, a you know, a government, a regime, a dictatorial, it's very interesting and but very dangerous. Yeah, that was leads to my 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 follow up to that question. We know that in Cuba, speaking against the government is a no no. So was he was getting any kind of pushback or even yet yeah, was he was getting any death threats while he was speaking against mm -hmm. the government? Mm -hmm. Ya dice Mike que ya sabemos que hacer ese tipo de música en Cuba es muy peligroso y entonces pregunta, ¿te dieron algún tipo de amenaza 
a tu vida o te crearon algún problema el tú eh, sí, hacer sí. La, esa música, te, te amenazaron con tu vida o otra forma que tu, peli, tu vida estaba en peligro? Lo que pasa es que nosotros comenzamos a hacer la música. Yo, por ejemplo, siempre tuve eh, inquietudes sociales y políticas con mi música. He says that they started doing music and he personally had a lot of, you know, he would ask himself questions. You know, he had um, some things about politics and, um, and social issues. He had, he had um, inquiries himself about social issues going on. So, and he in particular, now he's going to say. Y lo que sucede es que a medida que mi discurso se fue radicalizando, es que empiezan los problemas. He says that at the time that then he started um, his, let's say his lyrics to his music, his, his speech, his discourse, you know, the speech of uh, the words of his, uh, in his songs, this is where um, that as, as his speech was getting more radicalized, meaning more pressure um, to the regime, this is where it started getting very tough and very dangerous for him in that country. Yo particularmente, Mike, fui objeto de amenazas, de detenciones arbitrarias, detenciones policiales arbitrarias, eh, advertencias de, que, de lo que me podía pasar si seguía asumiendo ese discurso tan crítico con el régimen. He suffered, um, you know, warnings, then later on, you know, like threats. Um, he, um, advertencias, you know, like warnings, you know, if you continue doing this, this is going to happen to you. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the detentions, you know, like they detained him several times. Um, so, you know, like threats of we're going to put you in prison, that kind of thing. If you continue doing this type of, um, speech or this type of music. Y había una, y había un elemento eh, que era muy importante, Mike, que éramos los que hacíamos esta música, en mi caso, yo era pobre y negro mm -hmm. en un He régimen says... tan racista y tan radicalizado. Mm -hmm. There izquierda. was a very, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, there was a very important element in all of this, um, in him doing his music, is that um, he was poor, Uh, for those, you know, those people that were there, they were poor, and that he was black. So he says that those were two elements that were very important um, at that time, and that then he would feel even more pressure. Sentías más presión con estas dos cosas, no? Exacto. Exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad he said that because I'm gonna bring that in full circle later on in this in this interview. So I'm glad he said that early. Okay. That was my reality. Uh, yes. I, I'm curious because I know there's certain songs that like are banned in Cuba. Is his music like so far is it banned? Is it illegal to listen to his music or does he still get a lead way? Yeah. In looking him as a, que, as a traitor. Entonces, él saber si tu está en Cuba, hay algo legal que ellos dicen sí. que no se puede escuchar o otra. Okay, okay. La música de todos los que hacíamos crítica 
al régimen y a la dictadura estaba prohibido en Cuba oficialmente. Music that came from people that were doing some kind of critique or criticism to that regime was prohibited or is prohibited still. La gente la escuchaba en su casa. People would listen to it in their homes. Pero oficialmente en los lugares públicos y tal, no era posible. But officially at any public places, outside or any from your home, it was not possible. Y mucho menos en la última época que estuvimos en Cuba, no podíamos dar conciertos ya dentro de la isla. And the last time that, you know, he was in Cuba, um, you know, living there, he could not do any concerts at all. They were prohibited from doing concerts um, with that type of music. Porque habían algunas bandas que eran prohibidas oficialmente por el régimen. Mm -hmm. There were some bands that were officially, you know, prohibited to, to play or to be listened to um, by the regime. The regime did not wow. permit those bands. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I, I want to give a side note there to, my, to my audience, a side note. The reason why I asked that question because, you know, it's very well known that certain artists, um, you know, their music is not allowed. Hence, um, Celia Cruz, you know, if you know the story behind her, she was not allowed to go back to Cuba. You know, mm -hmm. if you, I'll let you, oh, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll finish that up. Yeah, she wasn't allowed to go to Cuba. Um, It's a long story behind that. I don't want to drag it, but if you Google it, yeah. she couldn't get allowed because she didn't agree with the politics. And at this moment, we have a Latin winning award artist over a song. He didn't kill anybody. Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything illegal. He just did a song. And he's in jail over that song. And that song is illegal. Hence the popular mm -hmm. song, Plata Vida. Right. Yeah, so él estaba diciendo, ¿no? Que, que tenía esa curiosidad y que quería decir de, de cómo, ¿no? Como hay estas restricciones en la música en Cuba. Y hasta como hay artistas, ¿no? Como Celia Cruz, que no pudieron, que estaba prohibido irla a ella en Cuba. Y en este momento que hay también un artista um, que cantó una, una canción que es Michael Osorbo, que te, te refieres, Michael Sobo. ¿no? Uh -huh. yeah, Michael Osorbo. Michael Osorbo. Y que está en la cárcel también. Por eso. Exacto. Uh -huh. yeah. So, free Michael Osorbo. Free, free Michael Osorbo. One more time, free Michael Osorbo. You heard me, guys? <laughs> So was that the, after he was getting that much pushback from the government, was that was the time that he decided I have to get out of here? And if so, when did he leave the island? En ese momento que el gobierno te está apresurando, que está tan, poniendo tanta presión y tanta ¿no? intolerancia con eso, um, con tu música, que fue en ese momento que tú decidiste, bueno, voy a salir de Cuba, voy a vivir en otra parte. Y si eso fue más o menos en ese tiempo... ¿Cuándo es que saliste de Cuba? Yo salí de Cuba en el, en el año 19, en el 19, 2019. Oh, it was recent. Okay. Sí, sí, bastante, perdón. Perdón. sí, sí, bastante reciente. Yo salí en el año... Yo lo que había venido a los Estados Unidos muchas veces antes. Uh -huh. mm. He came out of Cuba officially in 2019. Like at the beginning of 2019. And, but yeah. he says that... Um, Basically, he had come to the U.S. before several times. Okay. Pero había venido mucha, uh, muchas veces, muchas veces antes. Incluso las veces anteriores que había venido, 
ya yo tenía estos problemas con el régimen dentro de la isla, que no podía cantar, que me amenazaban constantemente. Ellos querían que yo me quedara a vivir fuera de Cuba. Ya. He says that um, inclusively, you know, in those times that he was coming in, uh, he was, you know, being able to come uh, here visit, and um, the government was, um, the regime was actually um, threatening him, um, and you know about doing his music. But what they really wanted him to do was to leave Cuba permanently. That's what they wanted him to do to leave Cuba permanently. Y, y sería bueno, Raúl, no sé si una sugerencia que pudiera ser que le expliques a la audiencia también cómo, por qué es que venías, ¿no? Hay veces, maybe Mike, that, porque como muchas personas no pueden salir de Cuba. Ellos bueno, yo venía. Eh, I was saying that maybe it would be good, like, for him to explain uh, why, how could he come out of Cuba sometimes. Cuba, Cuba. Oh, please, 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 please do, please do. Sí, por favor, que lo explique, Raudel. Cuba tuvo en, mono, en monopolio mucho tiempo, en monopolio oficial de las personas que podían salir o no de la isla. Cuba had a monopoly uh, for a long, long time of who could come in and out of Cuba and who could, um, you know, Porque ellos tenían, tenían un recurso que se llamaba la carta, la carta blanca o permiso de salida. They had a resource called Uh, the white letter, la carta blanca, um, or permit to leave the que country. Solamente Only. Si, te, si el régimen te daba regime. esa autorización era que tú podías salir de Cuba. Only if the regime gave you that authorization is that you could leave Cuba. Eso en el año, no recuerdo exactamente, pero fue por, por, lo, por, el, por, por los 2000, por, por los mm -hmm. años 2000, no recuerdo exactamente. Es, ellos quitan ese recurso. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was, um, he's saying that um, only in the years 2000 something, he's saying that then the government took that resource out. You know, they took it out. Y aquellos que quitan ese recurso tenían entonces menos control de las personas que podían salir. Mm -hmm. So for, at, by, at that time that they, the regime took out that kind of um, permission, with that letter um, or uh, authority, authority that they would give to, to do that, then okay. the regime had less control of who could come out of the country or not. Porque eventualmente o aparentemente Apparently, ya no había que con el régimen para poder salir de Cuba. Uh -huh. He says, quote unquote, you know, like apparently or, um, you know, at that time it seemed like if... Um, you didn't need to ask so much permission to the regime to leave or not. Then he's, he noticed how he says, quote unquote, because, you know, yeah. it's yeah, we, not we, the we, issue. We know, you know, we know wow. that it's still, they have the control. Yeah. Yo le estoy diciendo que, que como tú estás haciendo con los dedos, que quiere decir, quote unquote, en comillas. Sí, que, uh, que es aparentemente, que es sí, supuestamente. Que aparentemente, supuestamente. Um, que entonces, eh, claro, que tú estás diciendo como que, que luce eso, pero que de todas formas el régimen tiene el control. So, all right. So, wow. It's a lot to take in here. It's a lot. When, okay, I'll, I'll speak on myself. When my parents left, and you can tell them this, you can help them translate it. When my parents left. Yeah, go, go do, if you can do shorter, um, 
shorter lens. Yeah, it's gonna be short. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I'm not gonna make it less for, difficult for my memory. So, yeah. dice él no, que, I... que cuando sus padres salieron de Cuba, entonces. They never came, they never went back. So speak it like when they left, they left. They never went back. It was they're not leaving until things change. Hence, I've never gone to Cuba. Oh, okay. Cuando él, sus padres salieron, ellos nunca volvieron más a Cuba. Y que él mismo nunca ha ido a Cuba. So when he left, um I would assume he left by himself. Either he came within anybody else or which is him by himself. And if he did came by himself, what was the effects him being in this country alone without his loved ones? Él pregunta que si tú saliste solo y si saliste solo, entonces cuáles son los efectos que saliste si dejaste a familia, personas allá. Bueno, imagínate. Muy duro. Esa separación familiar fue muy dura, es muy dura todavía. He says that, um, that yes, that imagine um, that family separation was very difficult, very strong, very Porque hard. Yo estoy solo acá, yo he says that he's here um, by himself and he has all his family in Cuba. Which, which hence the song that he had called My, My Apology, Mi Apologia, which we're going to talk to later on on that show. Mm -hmm. So it all makes sense now. But we, el, we'll talk about that. Dice que, que por eso existe esa canción, Mi Apologia, que es, después ahorita él te va a hablar un poquito más de eso. Mm -hmm. de esa, esa canción. canción. Esa canción Apologia fue uno de esos desahogos de estar en el exilio. Mm -hmm. He says that that yeah. song apologia or apology you know um uh is uh one of those moments that you um you know release or you uh you express yourself about you know how you feel when you are um alone in exile by yourself you know without family i i, I wanted to give another sidebar and i need you uh, uh i need your help with this marlene um i when i was doing my research in regards to Waldell and his um, career, he did an interview. It's actually one of the first one, if you see it pop up on the, on YouTube. Um, he did this um, interview and he talked about the regime, but there was a spot there where, um, where it was a segment in the show where he was talking about the relationship with his mom and he got real emotional. And even watching mm -hmm. that clip, I got emotional myself because mm. that's the relationship I have with my mother. And you know, mm. if, if you have kids, especially, a relationship yeah. with their with their mom. There's nothing like a mom and son relationship. Uh, just let them know that that interview really touched me, and and it mm -hmm. really dug deep of what not only what a mother and son's relationship is, but what the regime does to the family, where they want to separate them and not agree with their nonsense. It really yeah. touched me. El dice que que bueno que quiere decirte algo alguna nota aquí ahora. Eh, separado de que él haciendo la investigación para hacer esta entrevista contigo que él buscó alguna información tuya Raúl y que entonces encontró esta esta entrevista que hiciste hace un tiempecito atrás uh, y que te hablan de tu música y tu vida y que hablas de tu mamá entonces que eh, se, se ve que que estabas emocionado al hablar de tu mamá y algunas canciones ¿no? Y de, 
de lo que significaba tu mamá para ti, la historia con tu mamá, y que entonces dice que a él lo, 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 le tocó eso, ¿no? le afectó eso de una forma sentimental, emocional, porque él se acuerda de la relación que tiene él con su mamá, y um, toda relación que hay con una madre, que casi siempre la mayoría de las personas tienen una relación no buena, casi todo el mundo, pero que eso es algo que a él le, le como que le dio sentimiento, ¿no? Que, that's basically it, ¿no? What you said. And what, and what the regime does to the family ah, when they, oh, want, yes, when they yes. want to que, que ahí él vio lo que hace el régimen eh, para separar a la familia desde, ¿no? Desde el mm -hmm. principio. Sí. Lo que ha hecho sí. el régimen para separar a todas las familias. Mm -hmm. Sí. He says yes. Yeah. So, with that being said, I know he came to the States a, a whole bunch of times. So, and I know living in Cuba, they suppress a lot of information in regards to the United States of America. So, when he came to the United States of America, what was his first, like, shell shock? The thing that he saw surprising mm -hmm. and shocking when he came to the States. Mm -hmm. Dice él que, bueno, que como viviendo en Cuba antes de que pudiera salir a alguna parte o algo, ¿no? Y, a, y, a, y aquí a los Estados Unidos. Como Cuba esconde un poco uh, de la información que las personas reciben. Un poco no. Un poco no. Bastante. I'm translating, you know, to him what Mike said, Michael said yeah, about yeah. Cuba hiding some information from people in the island. And he says, no, a little bit, no, a lot. <laughs> so, entonces, que como, como que fue algo que te dio un shock, así que te, wow, que te alarmó algo distinto que viste de los Estados Unidos o fuera de otro país o algo, ¿no? Cuando saliste de Cuba primeramente, ¿qué cosa te, te causó un efecto a ti? La sensación de libertad. Ni fue la comida, o sea, todo muy bonito, todo muy impresionante, pero esa es la sensación de libertad de que tú puedes andar por donde quieras, que nadie te está mirando, que nadie te está vigilando. Que... Yeah, he says that definitely that sensation of freedom, of liberty, that was what really, you know, got him, um, you know, impressed him. That sensation that uh, nobody's really looking at you, nobody is... Um, you know, uh, surveilling you, no one is um, checking up on you, you know, like um, like the regime does in Cuba, that they have people watching you. So he says that that sensation on top of, you know, besides everything about the food and all the other stuff that was very nice and pretty and everything, besides all of that, um, you know, this, this sensation of freedom, that was very remarkable. Yes, and yes. Um, th that's... That's one thing for sure. I mean, a lot of people in the States don't recognize our struggle and pain with that. So they really take freedom for granted here in this country. I will say that. Yes. So. Dice él que bueno, que esas son, eso mismo de que como eh, aquí en este mismo país hay veces las personas no se dan cuenta el, el precio de la libertad y ahí puede ser que lo tomen por sentado, ¿no? Que tomen eh, como que la, no lo, no lo valoran la libertad como debe ser, dice Michael. I mean, you could make a, I'll say that you could make a song about President Biden, you're not going to jail. <laughs> sí, dice que puedes hacer una canción, una canción del presidente Biden y no vas a ir a la cárcel. Exacto, exacto. Es exacto. Eso te digo, esa sensación de libertad de que pasabas por lado un policía y te miraban 
o, o más bien te saludaba, eh, que pasara por, lo, por el aeropuerto y nadie te estuviera. Eh, ven acá, o sea. He says that sensation of that you went around and nobody was really, you know, checking up on you or that you went by a policeman um, and that they were not, uh, you know, checking up on you um, or that uh, you could go by the, that, that he, he says that they actually would say hello to you, the policeman. Um, yeah. that, that was a good, you know, sensation for him. La and, and, that, and, the, and going by the airport that nobody stops you if you go by the airport or anything and asks you where you're going, what you're doing. And he says now, he added on, that the courtesy of the people was important. Claro, es que yo venía también de un lugar donde se vive bajo presión todo el tiempo. He says that, well, that he was coming from a place where you live with a lot of pressure all the time. And yeah, it's 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 just unbelievable. You could want you could go to one extreme to another. You know, when you're in a country, the extreme is just like so, like unbelievably like outrageous. The day you come over here, the extreme is like they let you live, they let you be a human being. So. Si él dice de ajá de los extremos de un país a otro, ¿no? Que que y aquí entonces vienes aquí, aquí puedes vivir, también si te dejan vivir, ¿no? Yes. So yes, I want to I want to touch on something real quick because I was going to get to another topic, but he mentioned something about people in Cuba surveilling you from the citizens that they really keep an eye on you. There's that, and if he can't talk about the uh the, the supposedly like neighborhood snitching that goes around when people think they're you're not doing your job or mm -hmm. they should be somewhere, can he touch upon yes. that? Dice él que si puedes hablar un poquito así acerca de como la vigilancia que hay en los barrios, ¿no? En el vecindario mm -hmm. y que como que si algún vecino o algo te está, como le decimos, sí, eso es, eso, chivateando. Eso, eso desde que Fidel Castro llegó al poder, desde que Raymond de Fidel Castro llegó al poder, eso siempre existió. De hecho, ellos tenían organizaciones que se dedicaban a velar a los ciudadanos en Cuba. He says that, yes, that definitely ever since Fidel Castro came into power, that existed. Um, and that um, that surveillance, you know, and the neighborhood watch of people and an, or an organized way of the neighborhood and a neighborhood watch um, looking out of what everybody's doing. And that has always existed. Yes. Yeah. To report you, para reportarte, ¿no? En sí, para yeah. reportarte, para... ¿no? Sí, sí, para... Eh, era, era aparentemente para... Para si veían a alguien haciendo lo que ellos llamaban como contrarrevolución o algo, ¿no? Uh -huh. Pero al fin del día estaban velando todos los pasos que daban los ciudadanos. Uh -huh. Cualquier he's, cosa. He's saying that, um, basically, it was, uh, you know, like, a, they would say, like, to see if anybody was doing something against the regime... Um, but basically, what it turned out, it was that it was not just to what people were doing against the regime, is that they were surveilling every step that you took, every step, um, every movement that you took, whether you go went out, you went in, everything. Yeah. So so it's not really like the neighborhood watch, it's a neighborhood snitch. <laughs> it's, sí. it's safe to say that. So with, with, with that being said, I want to touch to the next topic, which is the, the fun topic I like to talk about is the, the racism in Cuba. 
um, since he lived there, the, the perception they have mm -hmm. here is that Cuba is like some kind of socialist racial utopia, utopia that everybody gets treated equally. Um, everybody gets a fair shot. Like the perception they paint there is that racism does not exist because the revolution cured that. Um, mm -hmm. can, okay. can you talk about the, can you touch upon the racism that goes on in Cuba and the false perception that everybody gets treated equal? Ok, él, él dice, Raúl, que él quisiera hablar también un poquito acerca de esa percepción que la revolución o ese régimen ha querido enseñarle como al mundo, ¿no? Y aquí a muchos, de que en Cuba eh, todo está bien y no todo, todo funciona perfectamente y que no hay racismo, que no hay ningún problema, que es como una utopía. Cuba es una utopía, ¿no? Como... Eso es absolutamente propaganda oficial. He says that's completely official propaganda. La realidad cubana. The reality of the Cuba. Es todo lo contrario. It's all contrary to that. Hay un régimen totalitario. There's a totalitarian regime. Que ha devenido en dictadura. That has come, you know, in, in dictatorship. Hay un control férreo sobre la vida de los ciudadanos. There is a severe control over the citizens. No hay libertad de expresión. There's no free expression or free speech. No hay separación de poderes. There's no separation of, of um, powers, you know. Hay un régimen de partido único. There's only one, um, one party of the regime only. Si no perteneces al Partido Comunista o a las organizaciones del régimen, no tienes muchas posibilidades de hacer nada en tu vida. If, if you're not part or you're, you're not part of any of the uh, groups of the communist groups of the regime, um, you don't have much possibility of doing anything there. Y hay un racismo brutal que siempre han tratado de esconder bajo la alfombra. And he says that there is a, you know, a severe racism that they've tried. The regime has tried to cover under the rug. That's that's wild. That is so wild. I, I sense, I could be wrong here, but I sense there's like a sense of, I feel like there's a sense of arrogance towards the dictatorship that they have this perception to save people. But once you expose them or question their authority, they have this, um, how can I word this up? This arrogance, like you should be grateful for us because we saved you. And I think they do that a lot with the black Cubans when, you know, when they seem to be the ones that want to rebel against the system and, you know, make a song or protest or do something that said like, we're not, treat we're not being treated the way we should be treated. Is it a fair to say that? There's like a sense of arrogance that you should be grateful for, for mm -hmm. all this that we're giving to you, the crumbs that you're giving us. Yeah. Um, dice él que si, que, que él quiere ver si tú, si tú piensas esto también, que él coge como un sentido de que hay cierta arrogancia que sale del régimen, que dice o piensa, le dice al público, al pueblo, a todos, de que, wow, eh, nosotros te hemos dado todo y tienes que estar eh, agradecido porque te hemos dado todo y en especial al afrodescendiente a la, o a la persona de la raza negra en Cuba, como nosotros te hemos ayudado, te hemos dado esto, 
de todo y tú tienes que estar agradecido con nosotros y no hacer no, no. nada y, y ahora que hay personas eso que... primero, eso número uno es una de las formas de populismo más burdas y manipuladoras que hay dice um, en referencia a, a lo que él dice que el, que el régimen Exacto, en referencia a eso uh -huh. um, he's saying that yeah that's like a you know it's not it's not true it's one of the most um you know uh, how do you say most um uh, rudest ways that the regime tries to show that like make it like a popular belief that this is what that you know this is really what we do we've done all this for you and you should be grateful y número dos es un chantaje number two es un chantaje total contra la población fundamentalmente negra. Uh -huh. Que dicho sea de paso, en Cuba todos son pobres, o la inmensa mayoría de la población es pobre. Pero los negros todavía son más pobres que el resto. Uh -huh. He's Hoy saying todo... that, um, that, that that is like a um, chantaje, ahora se me olvidó la palabra. We could say, we could say there's a whole bunch of BS. It's, it's a whole bunch yeah. of BS. Well, Yeah. Yeah. That um yeah. um but um chantaje is um yeah like they're um you know they're they're saying they're trying to hold the people um uh how do you say um they're saying to you you know we've we've done all this for you and you should be grateful all of that is like a, a way of controlling you and um and that yes that that that's not true but that he's saying that the population in Cuba everyone now after communism is poor everyone is poor um everyone has all these troubles but then the um black population in cuba is even more you know is even poorer you know than the others he he believes mm -hmm. um i'll share another side note i had um somebody on the show and i've been getting a lot of um afro cuba descendants on my show and one thing that the regime did to the people was send up a great indoctrination of like not to come to the United States because you had to deal with all this mm -hmm. racism and our we, we don't we don't have that here um oh they, um what are the uh, uh, just to let him know like when I was you know trying to get my my lessons and teachings towards Cuba and the stuff that goes on there a lot of the elders was telling me because I went to the protest in DC they were telling me a lot of the system a lot of the things that happen within the system, they indoctrinate us not to come to the States because of all this terrible things will happen to us. And then once they came over here, they found out everything was just a, a lie and they got selected with these things. And this didn't, mm -hmm. this happened until the early 80s when my parents came. descendientes cubanos al show um, para que hablen también no de, de informar a la audiencia de Michael um, mm. acerca de las cosas que pasan en Cuba entonces él dice que una de las cosas que le, le explican es de cómo el régimen desde que empezó el comunismo en Cuba él les mintió a, a todos pero sobre todo al, al, al negro no al afrodescendiente diciéndole de que no 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 puedes salir porque si te vas para los Estados Unidos o a otro lugar pero sobre todo los Estados Unidos te van a discriminar te van a te va a ir la vida te va a ir mal te van a hacer Mike, daño te van a matar hasta el otro día hasta hace poquito todavía en Cuba 
estaban con el discurso de que en los Estados Unidos los negros no podían salir de noche, de que mataban a los negros por el mero hecho de ser negros caminando por la calle, los mataban. He says that Daudel is saying that um that just until the other day in Cuba they were. Eso fue hasta el otro día. He says until recently they were saying that um in Cuba that the 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 Cuban people uh you know they were saying that in the U.S. they could not people could not leave um you know African American people could not leave at night they could not leave during the day because they were killing them um and that he says just until the other day wow the indoctrination is real it is really really real and just, just to let him know one more time this is why i have this platform because i want to bring awareness to my audience and you know to show that we the afro-cuban community have a story and i thank him for having coming to my platform and shares the story that goes on within our community so Yeah, él dice que te, que te quiere decir gracias a nosotros, pero sí, de que es importante para él, por eso traerte a ti y a otros y la comunidad afrocubana para que diga la historia, para compartirla no, no. con otros. También, Michael, Michael, la, la comunidad negra en los Estados Unidos ha crecido, se ha educado en una muy mala información del régimen de La Habana. He says, Michael, mm -hmm. I, I want to tell you, mm -hmm. he says, Michael, I want to say that the African-American community in the U.S. has been, in a way, indoctrinated, has been informed in a wrong way about, um, you know, the what is happening in Cuba with Black people. Lo que está pasando en Cuba con las personas negras, ¿no? Uh -huh. hay, hay, un, hay un discurso oficial salido del de régimen en Cuba que es absolutamente falso. El relato el... social de la vida de los negros en Cuba es absolutamente falso. He says there is a false um, speech or false information that comes straight from the regime um, that um, trying to influence others about how life is for uh, black people in Cuba or in general for everyone, but uh, also for black people in Cuba of how life really is. Entonces, lo que tú quieres decir es que como que han tratado de influenciar a muchos afroamericanos. Sí, o sea, han querido dar la imagen de que el régimen de La Habana amaba a los negros. Que se preocupaba por los negros. He says that they've tried to give the image to many um, people around the world, but around, you know, like African-Americans, that um, the, uh, the regime, the Cuban communist regime, loves the black people and that they will uh, approve of them and all that. And he says that that's not the Fidel case. Castro. He says Fidel Castro. Creó un mito created a myth de que él that, he, a that he loved black people. Y Fidel Castro fue un manipulador. It says Fidel Castro was a manipulator. Y un racista. And a racist. 
él construyó ese mito del amor a los negros. He created that myth of love for black people. Sobre dos elementos fundamentales. Over two fundamental elements. Primero cuando vino a los Estados Unidos. First when he came to the U.S. En los años 60 Malcolm X estaba vivo todavía. In the 60s when even Malcolm X was still alive. Y recuerdo que no lo dejaron hospedarse en algún hotel a una a una asamblea de la ONU que vino a hablar. He says that he remembers or um, that Fidel was not able to stay, you know, in a hotel near um, I think the uh, you know some in New York, some in New York, some assembly or UN. Yeah, it was in Harlem. Yeah, it was in Harlem. Yeah, it was in Harlem. In Harlem. Y después vino. He went to Harlem. He later y después came. Después que hizo él estratégicamente, no era porque quería los negros. He says he did that not because he loved black people. Él hizo de la propaganda pública una de sus herramientas para expandir su imagen. He says that he he created that. Um, it was like a public um, tool that he used to expand um, his popularity, you know, in a way worldwide. Um, y entonces, ¿qué hizo? Se fue a hospedar a un barrio negro en Harlem. And then he went to a black neighborhood in Harlem. Al Hotel Teresa, creo que fue. Ahí contactó con algunos líderes de la comunidad negra que eran afín a, a la izquierda, que eran afín a Fidel Castro. He says that there he got in contact with some African Americans that were, you know, in tune or they were, um, you know, kind of like they were, they were praising or they were in favor of Fidel Castro. Y se reunieron <laughs> con él en el Hotel Teresa. They, they united with him or they had a meeting with him in that Hotel Teresa. Y aquella foto que salió esa tarde noche, aquella foto de Fidel reunido con los líderes afroamericanos, fundamentalmente la foto con Malcolm X. He says that that picture, that a picture that they took there uh, with Fidel, re, you know, united with all these African-Americans there and um, Malcolm X and all of them around. He says that that, that picture, que cosa. La, pro, la propaganda castrista usó esa imagen para mm -hmm. dar a entender que Fidel sí quería a los negros. He says that. Y tenía una buena uh, relación con la raza negra. The Castro uh, propaganda um, created that image to show people, you know, here in the U.S. and, uh, and uh, abroad, that Fidel Castro and that regime had a very good relationship with black people. Y la segunda fue cuando empezó a mandar. The second um, thing that he used was when he started ruling. Ciudadanos cubanos que estaban en el ejército a luchar una a, a pelear una lucha en África que no le pertenecía. Mm -hmm. He says that later on um, was when he went to fight, you know, a battle, a war in Africa, which didn't, um, you know, it was not of his doing. It was not a, a how do you say? It didn't, it, he, he shouldn't have gone to it. No debiera haberlo hecho. It, was, it wasn't none of our business. None of our business. Yeah, it was none of our business. Había otros intereses. Él tenía otros intereses. 
Yeah, he says that he so had, Fidel Castro had, Fidel Castro had the uh, other interests there. De la visita a Estados Unidos, al barrio que es de y aquella foto con los libros afroamericanos, y después lo de la guerra en África, en, en, en Angola específicamente, él creó el mito de que él amaba, de que él quería a la raza negra, de que él se preocupaba, cuando la realidad era que los negros en Cuba estuvieron olvidados por el régimen de Fidel Castro toda la vida. He says that with those two myths, the first one when he uh, was in that meeting with, um, you know, with the African-American leaders or others in that community in Harlem, and then um, the other one of being involved in Angola specifically, you know, in Africa, um, mm -hmm. to help fight, you know, in, in the war there, says that those two reasons, they created like a myth that gave the impression to many people that Fidel really loves black people and that it's not true. Que diciendo que no es verdad, no? That he says that Fidel throughout his life tried to show that, pero que no era, but that it was not true. Que no era verdad lo que él trató de enseñar, no? Con eso que dijiste, Raúl. Exacto. Yes. Sí, and... can I say something here, Mike, if you don't mind? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay, no, because I'm just trying to... Idea, Mike. Idea. No, claro, claro, entiendo todo, entiendo todo. Sí. Y um, si puedo eh, decir algo, bueno, en español, porque los, los dos entienden. If I may say yeah, something claro. in, in Spanish, because both of you yeah. understand. Um, yeah. De que, I'll translate in English in a moment. Que um, sería bueno eh, decir porque eso mismo que habló Raudel es muy importante, y cómo ajá, los afrodescendientes aquí, muchos eh, cuando van y visitan a Cuba, y solo les enseñan una parte, y um, ellos también creen que, que Cuba, que Fidel, um, eh, ha sido bueno con todos, con los no, blancos, con los que los mismos uh, afrodescendientes, yo los he oído decir en otras partes, como de que, bueno, pero aquí los policías eh, te hacen goza, uh, dicen eso. O, bueno, aquí también hay, eh, no, so, no quieren a los eh, negros. Eso, eso es un discurso que dicen mucho. Entonces, ¿cuál es la diferencia de aquí y de Cuba? Sería bueno si pudieras decir eso. So I was saying that, um, what do you think, Mike? Is it okay? Can I say? Perfect, perfect. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I was saying, like, you know, I was saying that a lot of times what he said about Fidel, I noticed since I'm a, I'm, I'm a college uh, teacher, professor, um, I notice a lot of times, you know, the discourse is here. A lot of African-Americans sometimes do not believe you, do not know the reality of, uh, of all Cubans, of black, white, Asian, you know, others, um, and that they 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 say, well, Cuba is um, as bad as that. It's it may have some racism, you know, with the regime and all that, but um, here in the U.S., it's it's worse. Or this happens also in the U.S. and they they portray the U.S. as worse than what it is. Okay. That's the impression that we've seen sometimes, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So I was saying that Raúl, you know, could show what he's experienced in Cuba and here. Que entonces yo le expliqué de que como muchas veces algunos de los afrodescendientes aquí, sobre todo ahora en los últimos dos años cuando la pandemia y todo eso, que 
que dicen que no que, el, que, el, que, que aquí es peor en los Estados Unidos lo que está pasando con racismo y con um, muchas de las cosas que, que los, los policías que no los tratan mal a la gente y todo eso, Raúl. ¿Y qué, qué, tú, qué tú le dirías de eso? Like, what, right, Mike? Like, what would he... Yeah, per, yeah. He compared both worlds. Él ha comparado los dos, los dos lugares, Cuba ya de adulto y aquí también y en otras partes del mundo. Pero que le diría que no entiendo. ¿Qué, qué, tú, qué, ¿Qué tú dirías? Sí, porque muchos de ellos dicen que en Cuba todo está perfecto y que no Pero hay muchos de ellos que, con los policías. Muchos que... que muchas personas, como tú mencionaste, de afrodescendientes aquí americanos, que uh -huh. tienen esa falsa percepción de cómo el régimen trata al negro y eso. Y entonces cuando uno le dice lo que tú has dicho, algunos hay veces dicen, bueno, no, pero aquí en los Estados Unidos te maltratan también y en los Estados Unidos es peor. Pero eso, pero, pero él, y... Muchas ¿y veces cambia? lo que tú, lo que tú has experimentado... Ok, en los Estados Unidos han habido este tipo de situaciones. En Cuba también. ¿Y qué cambia eso? O sea, ¿por qué pasa en los Estados Unidos? O sea, ¿Cuál es la lógica aquí? Pero bueno, no proteste si, si, si son abusivos con los negros dentro de Cuba, porque de todos modos aquí también, ¿no? Y esa es la lógica que hay que aplicar. Yeah, he's saying that, that yes, in, in Cuba, they, uh, there is some, you know, sometimes if, if anyone says that in Cuba there's no abuse or that the police abuse, but here in the U.S. also, But, uh, but he feels that at times maybe are people trying to say, well, it, it happens in the U.S. too. So what are they trying to say when they say that don't protest in Cuba? Por lo or... menos en Cuba, por lo menos aquí, cuando sucede en la mayoría de esos, muchos de esos hechos, por ejemplo, no todos, pero algunos de esos hechos suceden y tienen la oportunidad que públicamente los ciudadanos de este país se pueden enterar de lo que pasó. Los ciudadanos de este país pueden tener un juicio crítico de lo que pasó. He says that at least here, when something like that happens, let's say to anyone or to an African American, los ciudadanos that, aquí tienen el derecho de organizarse y de protestar públicamente por un hecho así. He says that the citizens of the U.S., anyone, have the right to protest and to organize and do. En el mejor de los casos. In the best cases. Se toman medidas. Con, con policías que han estado en una situación uh -huh. lo mismo prisión que lo que sea se toman medidas en un momento determinado si el, escándalo, si el escándalo se da si uh -huh. he says that in, in, in many of the cases of course you know you have um, uh, if let's Pero say a Cuba no. does any harm or anything like that that here Cuba you can not only protest but you can actually uh, take them and you know sentence some of the you know, police, algún tipo but in Cuba Policial en Cuba se oculta, se esconde, se justifica. He says that if in Cuba there's some kind of um, violence against the people, that they hide it, they they don't show it. You know, they don't want to show it. Yeah. No existe la la o sea recurso de inocencia. La policía siempre tiene la razón en Cuba. He says in Cuba, the police always is right. There is no... Um, la presunción de inocencia no existe el acusado. Sí. Sí, que Cuando you're se proven, trata de problemas proven, policiales. You're innocent until proven guilty. Es aquí en los Estados Unidos. Hmm. 
Mm. Powerful, powerful. But that in Cuba powerful. doesn't exist, he's saying. Yeah. Wow. That's just that's just powerful. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to bring oh go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I thought I was gonna translate what you were saying. Oh. Yeah, you were gonna tell him what's powerful. I only said one word. So <laughs> yeah, no. I was getting ready. I was getting my motors ready. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just wrap this up already. I just want to just you know talk about the music. There was a couple of songs that I want to decode that I, I was going through his um his singles and um is is these songs that were really cutting deep here. And I want to start off with um oh you can tell him that you can tell him I want to talk about a couple of the songs that he had out and like the meaning behind those those songs. Yeah, dice él que él quiere nada más que ahora ya ya que está um concluyendo, pero que quiere preguntarte algunas cosas, detalles de algunas de las canciones y los significados que tiene y pregun hacerte preguntas acerca de eso. Yeah, yeah I, I want to start it off with, um, el, 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 see, I'm it, see, I'm saying it right. Um, estado de vuelta. Estado de vuelta. Estado de vuelta. Sí, eso es una, una canción de reivindicación de rap cubano. He says that's a song about the reim how do you say it? Um, you know, the, the birth of um, the rap cubano, you know, the Cuban rap. Okay. The revindication okay. of rap, of Cuban rap. The, the uh, how do you say, the hardcore rap. Yes, yes. Okay, because I sense like, um, you could tell me like, there was like, there was like a level of, um, braggadocious like arrogance but in a good way kind of confidence I could sense like in the feeling the way he was like expressing himself in the lyrics I'm still trying to code the words to it but I, I felt like a level of um uh, of just like I'm the man on the microphone so you don't mess with me when it comes to me in this rap because I'm the best at this at, at, at what I do if that's like the gist of it dice el que bueno que si que si en sí lo que estás tratando, estaba tratando de decir esa canción, en esa canción es como que, bueno, aquí eh, soy o somos el, uno de los mejores en el rap, en la música y no como un no, tipo no, de... no es que seamos los mejores, sino los que lo hacemos más real. He says, uh -huh. no, not that we're the best, but that we make it more real. Same thing, the best and the real idea. I'll take both. I'll take both. <laughs> Dice la misma, lo veo, ajá, que, que lo más real, ajá, que, que toma los dos. Yeah. So, yeah, that, it, it was a dope, dope, dope song. Um, the other one that he had was called My, My, My Apology, Mi, Mi Apología. That's the mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Ajá, la otra, That's Mi Apología. Mi um, yeah, Apología es un, un desahogo por la separación familiar y tal. Por lo tanto que extraño a mi familia, a mis hijos. He says that the, um, my apologia or my apology is a, uh, it's like an emotional release of how much he misses his family. Yeah, that was a, I actually understood the words of that one. So that was a very, um, a deep cut. Very, um, I could, I really sensed the emotions in that song. You know, just for another side note, I, I know what that's like too, because I, um, you know, outside of my parents, I'm not able to see like other members of my family, like my cousin, 
uncles and aunts. I recently lost my grandmother. I couldn't go to the funeral. So I, I really, you know, mm. fucked up the emotion in that song. Oh, okay. And they're in Cuba? Mm. They're only in Cuba. They're only in Cuba. Oh, here. Yeah, no, in, in Cuba. In Cuba. Oh, okay. Dice él que, que él entendió esa canción porque él ve ahora mismo, a veces se han muerto personas de su familia y su abuela y eso que están en Cuba y él no los ha podido no los ha podido ver que él entiende el sentimiento muy duro, eso. Muy duro. Raudel says that it's very tough it's you know it's very strong. very I mean, that, that's our story it's, that, that's our story it's just like you just got to get them you, you just got to get used to it by now so mm -hmm. it is what it is and, yeah. and, and Cuban the, the people last... are used to separations ever since communism Yeah, so it's nothing new under the sun, you know. And el cubano está está acostumbrado a tantas separaciones desde que comenzó el comunismo. Yeah, and and the final song he had was Cuban Life Maverick, which I love the flip. I, I love the way he flipped that. He turned a team, bueno, a theme, and turned to us. Me encantó como cambiaste la tema. Me encantó como cambiaste la tema. Nace cuando el movimiento Black Lives Matter. Cuando pasa lo de Floyd, Floyd, my, my, Floyd, como el, el asesinato de George el Floyd. De Floyd. George Floyd, George Floyd, George Floyd. George Floyd. Cuando And eso estaba said, pasando. That, um, Cuban Lives Matter, I'm sorry. Cuban Lives Matter um, began when, um, you know, we had the, uh, the Black Lives Matter, um, lo de George Floyd. Y Black Lives Matter. Uh, Cuando eso estaba pasando, los cubanos de aquí de la Florida, incluso los cubanos en la isla, todo el mundo tenía puesto los ojos en ese, en eso que estaba pasando. He says when that was happening, you know, the, the Cubans in the island and here in Florida, everybody had their eyes in what, debate, what was happening. It was a debate. Era un debate tremendo en los Estados Unidos, fuera de los Estados right. Unidos, pero en la comunidad cubana también. In the U.S in um, Cuba, in the world, and in, you know, with Cubans too. Y yo dije, yo decía, porque yo veía a los cubanos con mucha efervescencia con el tema de lo que estaba pasando con John Floyd. Y a mí se me ocurrió decir, ok, un día puse un post en mi, en mi, en mis redes, en mis plataformas, que decía, Ok, cubanos, preocúpense por lo que está pasando con Floyd. Pero recuerden que nosotros tenemos nuestro propio drama que tenemos que resolver. Y la vida de los cubanos también importa. Y así nació esa canción. Uh -huh. yeah. Si tú dices los cubanos allá en Cuba se pusieron, se metieron mucho en eso de lo de. Sí, sí, no, y los de aquí también, todo el mundo estaba sí. en ese debate. Yeah. He says that, you know, that he was saying that. Um... Yeah, and the Black Lives Matter in Cuba. There was a that there was a big movement of um, uh, Cubans, you know, saying that well, you know, yes, um, they got into the like uh, the George Floyd situation and everything. Actually, you know, that oh, that that was an abuse, you know, of power by police and all of that kind of debate, and both in Cuba and in here, and um, and that he was saying well. But, you know, yes, we're worried about this here. But you also, in Cuba, we do also have those issues. We may have those issues. 
So we have to also remember that the Cuban lives matter too. And that's how he came out with that song name, Cuban Lives Matter. Sí, que quizás traduje lo que dijiste, y que, ajá, en sí tú no querías decir de que no, no, la vida de George Floyd o de otras personas aquí. No, 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 yo lo que dije es que, ok, ajá. que también, que estaba bien que se preocuparan por el fenómeno que estaba pasando con George Floyd, que estaba muy bien, pero que no perdieran atención de que nosotros los cubanos teníamos un problema que resolver. Uh -huh. Yeah, he's saying that, you era know, tan he's saying that not, not minimizing or anything, you know, was going on here, but that, um, you know, to also see for the Cuban people in Cuba that the big problem that they have, you know, um, in Cuba, and that he, he says it because he, he feels, as many Cubans feel, that a lot of people have not listened or have paid attention to what's happening in, in Cuba. Le estoy diciendo, Raúl, que, que lo dices, ajá, la aclaración que hiciste de que, el, um, que no eres que estabas minimizando en nada lo que estaba pasando aquí, pero que le dijera a que las personas eh, se dieran cuenta, el cubano, en las dos partes, que la vida de los cubanos y lo que está pasando en Cuba... Que nosotros teníamos... Que lo que había fuerte. pasado con George Floyd era muy fuerte, muy duro pero que nosotros estamos pasando por una situación los cubanos en muchos años muy fuerte, muy duro y yeah, que so también that, yes. como that estábamos awesome. asumiendo la experiencia de Floyd teníamos que asumir la experiencia de Cuba mm -hmm. yeah, that even though um, we were, you know seeing what was going on with that of George Floyd, but we also had to see um, you know, that we've had this experience of communism for 64 years that um, you know, for Cubans over there to also pay attention to, hey, we got to get, you know, rid of this problem. Mike, ¿estás entendiendo la intención de lo que yo estaba tratando de decir? No, claro, claro, yo, ent yo entiendo, yo estoy en todo lo que está diciendo. O sea, para, no es que yo estaba minimizando. No, no yo sé, yo estaba minimizando. Es como, tú, tú, tú buscaste como um, también inspiration. Tú, 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 you found, he's found inspiration towards that to right. talk about the Exacto. awareness that happens. Right. Okay. Yeah, no entiendo, no te preocupes. Right. I got yeah. you, I got you. Yeah. Y también, sí, yo entiendo. Eh, no, it's good to clarify because you know that sometimes... No, lo que quiero que la audiencia entienda por qué yo lo quise decir. Right, yeah, he wants to make sure that he, uh, Michael's audience, you know, understands why he did that record that is called Black yeah. uh, Cuban Lives Matter because, um, you know, of the importance also of the Cuban lives. Y yo lo dije, Radel, también de que también es porque ajá, que, la, que la importancia de que las vidas cubanas de todas las razas y todo por tantos años han estado pasando por todo este problema que es lo que tú quisiste decir y, que, y que el mundo entero, ahora digo yo esto, no si puedo decirlo, que el mundo entero hay veces ha estado sordo, no ha prestado mucha atención de lo que ha estado pasando en Cuba. no es En sí también tú quieres decir. ¿Verdad? So, I'll repeat it one more time for my audience. It's nothing to minimize it. 
As a matter of fact, it was more inspirational to talk about what's going on within our community, just for the record. So yes. that that that's that with that department. And I also want to let them know this was before, this was like before Pati Vida. This this joint that came out was way before Pati Vida. So I could probably say it just kind of like grew the seeds of the frustration that was going on in the country by different artists. Is it is it fair to say that? Like it was just like que esa canción la hiciste y eso antes que Patria y Vida salió. Mucho tiempo antes. Que decía la frustración de lo que estaba pasando en Cuba. Sí, mucho tiempo antes Patria y Vida. He said I did that much before Patria y Vida, which is a song that now became popular in 20. Yeah, it became it became a slogan. Yeah, has he thought about making any shirts and, and make a profit out of that? Because that could be a good idea. Because I seen a couple of those when I was in Washington. I seen a couple of Cuban Lives Matter T-shirts. Oh yeah, oh oh, making what? Yeah. Any shorts? You're saying like a short shirt, 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 t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirts. Oh, I mean t-shirts. Like I saw t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Que si has pensado en hacer algún tipo de camiseta de eh, de camisa o algo con Cuban Lives Matter? Dice que. Yeah, you like you like hicieron. Aquí en una de la, en la eh, en varias de las protestas de San, San, se han hecho aquí se han hecho camiseras con ese logo. Y carteles y los carros los pegan Cuban Lives Matter. Yo yo sí yo vi mucho yo yo vi mucho de eso cuando fui para Washington para protesta. Yo vi mucho de eso. Yeah, so very very very. Mira, very, mira very, esto es interesante. Escucha esto que interesante y me voy con esto. Mike. Mm -hmm. Tres de las frases que han acompañado las protestas. Tres de las frases que han acompañado las protestas. Tanto en Cuba como aquí. Uh -huh. Tanto en Cuba como en el exilio. Tres de las frases más importantes que han acompañado esas protestas han salido de artistas cubanos, negros y de movimiento urbano. Padre y vida. Díaz Canel Singao Cuban Lima. <laughs> He's yeah. saying that um let me let me uh tell you that some of the in the protests in Cuba, especially you know, in that um uh July 11th of 21, uh where you know from coast to coast in Cuba, the, the Cuban people came out and protest the regime. They um he says that a lot of the slogans and the words that the some of the people would uh sing were um uh One of them is called is Black Lives uh, La Cuba La Cuba Cuban Lives Matter, which is one yeah. of the things that he said. Um, <laughs> should I say the the second? Yeah, one? yeah you can just say it. yes, we could crush you. We could crush you. Yeah, can I sing out? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yes, like um, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yes, yes, we do it. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh huh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's that's what wow, what a way to what a way to describe this. So I, I want to wrap it up. So the last question I want to ask them, um, the music. Do we have any singles we should look out for? An album? I, I saw I saw I saw a single that I want to talk about, but we we're not gonna touch that single right now. If he wants to talk about it, we're going to leave that one alone. 
Um, dice él que si tienes alguna música que ahora vas a sacar o ha sacado, dice que. Y voy a la... sacar, voy a estrenar Mike en unos días un tema dedicado a, a todos los las cubanos y los cubanos que han perdido la vida tratando de salir en balsa o, o cualquier cosa de Cuba por la frontera o algo. A todos los que han perdido la vida. En esa experiencia, le hice una canción que se va a estrenar pronto. He says that in the next days or so, in the next weeks or so, he's going to come out with a song that he's done dedicated to the people of Cuba and um, to uh, all the people that have lost their lives in, um, in Cuba. And um, it's going to come out soon. Todas las personas que han perdido su vida en Cuba y tratando de salir de Cuba, ¿no? Sí, los balseros, la gente que yeah. ha salido por la frontera y todos. He says people that have left in um, rafts, you know, and have lost their lives, the millions of people that have lost their lives at sea, and now um, by the border, you know, the southern border, uh, those two, many, many lives have been lost of Cubans. Okay. Um, if and when it get, like, um, can, can I get the single so I could play on the radio station? <laughs> Dice que si le puedes dar un single. Para él ponerlo en la, la canción. canción sale, para, yo, para yo poner la estación mía. Cuando salga, claro, claro, yo te la mando. Gracias, gracias, muchas gracias. Ok, so, I mean, what more can you ask for, kids? I mean, this is what I do here. I bring awareness to my people, you know, and not to dismiss anybody. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Democrat, Republican, gay, straight, Chinese, you know, you know, we're, we're all going to a situation here. We're bringing awareness, you know, and I'm doing my part to bring awareness to the community to Massachusetts and to whoever's listening out here, you know, um, we've been living under a regime for the last 60 plus years. And, you know, as you can hear, like the world, the, the, the people of Cuba is getting really tired of it and we're speaking up and we're doing anything and everything to fight for the cause of freedom. Um, this has been the Take Deck in collaboration with the Ruckus. No, let me say it again. This is the Ruckus podcast in collaboration with 102.9 Take Deck. Otra vez le quiero dar las gracias a Raudel, muchas gracias. Gracias por Thank todo. Y gracias por la música. Gracias por, por todo lo que estás haciendo para la comunidad. Nosotros, nosotros estamos escuchando. Y cualquier cosa necesita para música, ya dame un email y te lo pongo allá. Gracias. Marlene, darling, sweetie, thank you. Oh. Much, thank you. Shout outs. Thank you for making this happen. Yes, thank you. Anytime. Raudel is my, my family, you know, so. Yeah. You know it, that it, he was my, my student. You told me that. You told me that. Yes. So. Le dije ser que gracias. Le digo que no, que por hacer esto posible, porque como yo lo contacté, le digo que sí, que gracias, que de todas formas, que Raúl es mi, tú eres mi familia, como una familia, y que si él sabía que era mi, fuiste mi estudiante. He was my, in yeah. my English class. Sí, sí. Yeah. So um, next time, you know, hopefully I could go to Florida next month and hang out with you guys and, you know, just yes. kick it and hang out. Definitely. So, so uh, hopefully if, if our does not too busy, he could put me right in his schedule. We could chop it up for a while. <laughs> um, Dice que si cuando él venga para acá, para Miami pronto, que para juntarse con los nosotros. Ah, sí, sí, me avisa si con tiempo. Está tan ocupado. Y nos vemos, me avisa, me avisa y nos vemos. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, this has been the Ruckus Podcast. You know what it is. I'll catch you next time. And it will be a free Cuba. Just remember, Cuban lives matter. Claro, claro. Ya se ya se
Porque ya yeah. no está para eso, pero yo hi. Okay. Y ya yo sé, cuando pongo este episodio, se lo va a mandar a todas sus amigas. So. Okay. So, just remember three things, y'all. Cuban Lives Matter, Batibia, and Diaz Canet Cigal. That was freaking oh, okay. Afro-Cuban that did that shit, goddammit. Thank you. All right, Gracias. Thank y'all, babe. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Gracias. 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 It was great.